0: That kingdom that we can't see is our eternal home. That kingdom we can't see is more real than this one. For this one will fade away, that one will last forever. And Jesus said, if you wanna be a citizen of that kingdom, you've got to be born again. This is Moments of Hope with David
1: Chadwick. If you were asked what the most famous verse in the Bible is, what would you answer? My guess is that most all of us would say John three sixteen that's because it's the gospel of jesus christ in one verse today we continue with our study of the gospel of john in a message david calls for god so loved the world
0: what would you say is the most memorized and quoted verse in the bible Uh, my guess is you probably said john 3 16 for that's probably true uh it's the verse that the guy with the crazy hair at the football games always tries to get into the camera and holds up the placard that says John 3:16 that's because it is the gospel in miniature it's one verse that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ i would adjure all of you parents out there to have your children memorize that verse, whether they're young or older, have them memorize that verse because it is the gospel in miniature. It's so important to put that word in the hearts of our little ones Who knows how it's going to blossom and bloom in the years to come. So please understand the importance of John 3.16 because actually it's the first verse I'm going to cover today in this expositional preaching of John 3.16 through 21. Now, whenever you study a text in the Scripture, that means some section of Scripture, you need to know its context, if you ever take a text out of context, it's pretext. you've got to understand a text in context. So I want you to understand what this verse, John 3:16, means with the verses beforehand and then the verses thereafter. Uh, let's begin by reminding ourselves of what we covered last week, John 3:1 through15. Um, a very powerful Jewish man named Nicodemus, a Pharisee who Jesus called the teacher, exalted. I mean, he had the most often listened to and observed podcast in Jerusalem in that day. He was the teacher, a powerful man, wanted an appointment with Jesus, but he made it at night. So it was Nick at night, the very first program entitled such. Nick met Jesus at night, probably so that other Jews and particularly other Pharisees this sect of 6,000 Jews who had committed themselves to obeying every single one of the 613 laws of God, thinking that would cause God's blessing to come upon the land. And Nicodemus didn't want any of his fellow 6,000 Pharisees to see him. And probably more importantly, he sat with a high seat on the Sanhedrin, the 70 Jewish officials who oversaw every part of the Jewish faith in Jerusalem. He didn't want any of those members of the Sanhedrin, especially to see him with this controversial character, Jesus, who had just cleansed the holy temple of God, driven the money changers out of the temple, and didn't allow the selling of the animals for the Passover celebration during that time period. So Nicodemus makes an appointment with Jesus at night. They come together, and Nicodemus is trying to quiz Jesus regarding who he is, and what he's trying to teach. If you had an hour with Jesus, what do you think he'd say to you? If you were able to make an appointment with Jesus, like Nicodemus was able to, what do you think Jesus would say to you? Well, that was last week's message. In a nutshell, Jesus said to him, you must, not you might be, or maybe you should. He said, you must be born again, or you cannot experience the kingdom of God. Dear friends, there is an eternal, invisible kingdom that surrounds this visible, temporal kingdom. That kingdom that we can't see is our eternal home. That kingdom we can't see is more real than this one. For this one will fade away, that one will last forever. And Jesus said, if you wanna be a citizen of that kingdom, you've got to be born again. You've got to have your dead spirit within you made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have that dead heart in you excised and put in then a new new heart that is filled with God's love, mercy, and kindness, filled with the Holy Spirit. And unless that happens to you, unless you die to your sins and you repent of all of your sins and move away from them, and unless you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you cannot see nor experience the kingdom of God. And then at the end of that teaching with Nicodemus, Jesus takes Nicodemus this great teacher of the law who would surely know this story, back to Numbers 21, where, in punishment for the children of Israel's disobedience, God released snakes upon them. They started biting the people, and a large number started to die. Moses pled for the people, and God said, Okay, take a brass pole with a brass snake wrapped around it, lift it up, and when the people look up to that particular bronze snake on that pole... And they will be healed. They, they will not have any more problems with the snakes. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up that fiery serpent made of brass, so when I'm lifted up, a, a reference to the cross. Whenever you see lifted up in John, it's a reference to the cross. When I'm lifted up, I will draw people to myself and they will be healed. And Jesus says, whoever then looks up to me, lift it up. Whoever sees that will believe and have eternal life. And you can imagine Nicodemus going, wait a minute. The, the Jews were especially chosen by God. Um, the Jews were the chosen one. They are the special privileged of God. They're the ones loved by God. And you're saying, whoever believes in you, lifted up, will have eternal life. Only the Jews get that privilege. And you can almost see Nicodemus's eyebrows arch upward as he went, really? Whoever believes? In light of that, this interaction with Nicodemus right after Jesus tells about the fiery bronze serpent lifted up on that bronze pole, and when it's seen by the children of Israel, they're healed. Similarly, when people look up at Jesus on that cross, they're healed of their sins, and whoever looks up is granted eternal life. Whoever? Gentiles? Really? In light of that, Jesus then furthers his teaching by going to verse 16 of John 3. And let me go through each one of these words very carefully and specifically so that you once again can understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. This most often quoted and written down verse in the Bible. It starts with four. So Jesus is taking Nicodemus back to his last words that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That's Jesus lifted up for, connecting that for God. Let's pause there. Who is God? The Christian God is one God in three persons. Uh, We believe that's a mystery. It can't be fully explained in this temporal world, but it's fully understood in the eternal world for God. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All kinds of illustrations have been attempted through the years to help people understand what's called the Trinity, a unique doctrine of the Christian faith. If you are a follower of Jesus, you must believe in the Trinity. You have no other option. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And You might look at an egg, for example, and that egg is called an egg, but there are three parts to it, the yolk, the shell, and the egg white. One egg, but three different parts to it, all of them necessary for that to be called an egg. Uh, There are all kinds of trinitarian ideas in our universe. For example, our world is earth, wind, and fire, the three elements that exist there. Um, We have in our own personality, as we looked at last week from 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that we are body, soul, and spirit. Well, one person with a body, soul, and spirit, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need to understand that for the cross of Jesus Christ to make any sense. So we have four God, this wonderful creator, one God in three persons, so loved. Well, who is God? The major characteristic of God in the Bible is love. He he had to be love in order for him to love perfectly within himself. You see, for those who just believe in a monotheistic God who is love and then created us, How does that work? He couldn't have been loved beforehand because love demands a direct object. This Valentine's Day, understand the power of love. Love exists. It is the strongest force in the universe. And God so loved within himself, the Father loved the Son, the Son loved the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loved the Father, that then this God so loved, loved so much a part of his life, he wanted to expand that love. He first of all did so with the angels whom he created. He created the angels to have his love and for the angels to love him in return. Sadly, one of the angels rejected that love, rebelled, and took one-third of the angels with him. They became the demonic hordes, and they have tried to fight against God ever since. The major job description of the evil one, the devil, the slanderer, the destroyer, is to kill, steal, and destroy. Again, John ten ten, Jesus says so. But God so loved the world that he wants to give this world life. So God so loved this world. And you can imagine here Nicodemus as well going, well, he just said whoever sees the one lifted up and believes he, she has the gift of eternal life, not just the Jews. And here his eyebrows must have arched even more upward as Jesus said, for God, the one God in three persons, so loved within himself that he created this world. After the angels, he created this world. He created you and me to participate in that love. The major reason God created you, folks, is to experience his love, to know how much he loves you, and for you to love him in return and to have a deep, intimate, personal love relationship with him. And here, Jesus clearly says that that love that God has when he created this world was for everyone, he did it for the world, for God so loved the world. And Nicodemus, again, is probably thinking, but, but the Jews are God's chosen. He only gave his life to his chosen people. And here Jesus is saying, no, that God's love is for the entire world. How much does he love? That he gave. God is also a giver. You need to know that everything you have in this world is a gift from God. Everything. Think about the next beat of your heart. Think about the next gulp of air you ingest in your lungs. Think about the food you'll partake of today. Think of the house you have and the cars that you drive. And you say to me, well, I worked hard to buy those things. Where did you get the strength to work hard? Everything is a gift from God. Therefore, the major characteristic of God's people who understand this truth should be humility. What do we have to be proud of? God's the one who gave us everything because he is the source of all life. He is a giver, that's his nature and all of us need to ask the question, are we givers or takers? Are we givers or getters? God wants all of us who have partaken of his divine nature, who have been born again to live like he lives and that is to be a person who gives and not always takes. God's love is shown in how he gives. Then you've got to ask the question, well, how much did God give? With what quality did God give? And the writer of this gospel continues to quote Jesus' words. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That word only is fascinating. In the Greek it's monogenes, G-E-N-E-S. It means same gene pool. So some of your translations have, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's an attempt by translators to tell you that it is only the father who can beget Jesus in his own monogenetic pool. Jesus had all of the same nature as the father. So God the father so loved this world that he gave the second person of the Godhead his son. Now this idea of gave there implies the cross of Jesus Christ. It implies Jesus' death on the cross. It implies Jesus being lifted up high on that cross. And when people look at that and they realize their sins have been taken upon him, the wrath of God poured out on the Son and not on us, our sins now upon him and not upon ourselves, a great exchange that God takes our sins and gives us perfect, forgiven righteousness. God gave his Son, the most precious gift he could give. He gave his life. He gave himself. He gave his son. Now think about this. Uh, During a time of great famine, this is a true story. A mom and a dad had four children, and they were beginning to wonder if at some point they wouldn't have to sell one of their sons into slavery in order simply for the other three to live, for their family to survive. And they began to think about, well, which one should we sell? And they said, well, we can't do the firstborn because he's the firstborn, he's special. And we can't do the second one because he has these characteristics of his dad that we love so much. And we can't do the third one because he has these characteristics of his mom. We can't do that. And and we can't do the fourth one because anybody in any family, when you know you're the youngest, there's just a special place in the family when you're the youngest. They said, we can't sell our youngest because he's so special to us. And finally, they decided they couldn't sell any of them we just must live in faith and god met their every need but here's the point those parents really struggled with the whole idea of giving a son in order to live can you imagine the father in heaven giving his son named Jesus, whose name means Savior, for he came to save us from our sins. He came on a rescue mission. Can you imagine that when Jesus said to the Father, yes, I'll go, I'll leave and I'll go and become a human being and live the perfect life, they can't live because of sin, and I'll die on that cross to take their sin upon myself, knowing at that moment that, Father, you and I will be separated because when I have sin upon my life, you and I can't have intimacy in relationship and fellowship. And I know at that point, you'll turn your back on me, but I'm willing to do it out of love. I'm willing to do all of that. And can you imagine when Jesus said, I'll go, Father, and the Father said, I'll give you up. Wasn't there a tear in the Father's eyes if there is such a thing in the eternal eyes of the Father as he said goodbye to the Son and as the Son left knowing the pain that he was going to experience? But why? Because of love, because of that great love the Father gave through his Son on the cross of Jesus. Let me pause for a second here and talk for just a second about that cross. I have this next to my study desk. When I have my quiet times, when I prepare messages, this cross is right next to me, and I constantly look at it. You know why? Well, on those days when I have some low (laughs) self-esteem, I'm just like you, aren't I? On those days when I I wonder of my value in the sight of the Father, on those days when I'm struggling with who I am and my creation in Christ, I look at this cross, and I say these words, for God so loved David. Not the world. I put my name in there. I say it all the time. For God so loved David that he gave his only son of his own nature. For God so loved David Chadwick that he died on a cross to forgive me of my sins. And, folks, on those days when I have to do that, suddenly my self-worth changes into Christ-worth. And I realized I'm deeply and dearly loved because if I'd been the only person on the face of this planet, Jesus would have still come. He would have died for me because God loves me so much. You know what? He loves you that much as well. If you're feeling down, low, discouraged, condemned today, please don't, for God loves you this much that he died on the cross. Get a cross, put it next to a special place where you sit at home or in your workplace, and if you're ever struggling with your identity, just look at that cross and repeat, for God so loved them, put your name in that blank, that he gave his only son, his monogenesis son, this unique Jesus he gave so that my sins can be forgiven.
1: This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio to talk about finding balance in our lives. We'll be right back.
2: In our community, there are countless people at the intersection of homelessness and addiction. I'm Tony Marciano, President and CEO of Charlotte Rescue Mission. For over 80 years, we have been helping these men and women who struggle with addiction. You know, you've know you probably seen the individuals who stand at the ended interstate ramp. They're holding a sign that says, hungry, will work for food. And maybe you've felt a skepticism of, how are they going to use any money that I give them? What do those individuals truly need? Well, at Charlotte Rescue Mission, we are all about transformation. At our men's campus, which is called Rebound, and our women's campus, which is called Dove's Nest, We uniquely work from the inside out to address the root cause of someone at the crossroads of addiction and homelessness. The Rescue Mission provides free, Christian, residential, high-quality substance abuse recovery programs to members of our community who would otherwise not be able to afford such services. With a passion for holistic transformation and a love for Christ, the mission's 120-day program has transformed the lives of thousands of men and women in our community whose lives have unraveled due to an addiction. Charlotte Rescue Mission is so grateful for the financial partnership of Moments of Hope Church in making this transformational ministry possible.
1: I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank
0: you, Jen. It's always great being with you.
1: Well, this week we've been talking about Davidisms, which are nuggets of spiritual wisdom that you've collected throughout your life and you're sharing with us. And today we come to the idea of finding balance between our work life and prayer life. Can you tell us about this?
0: Yeah, let's talk about this because it's very important. Life is often a balance between two truths. And as we live both of those them out, we really find how God wants us to live. Mm-hmm. And today's Davidism is one of those. Uh, work like it all depends on you and pray like it all depends on God. Mm-hmm. Uh, many attribute this principle to St. Augustine in the fifth century. He is generally considered by many perhaps the greatest theologian the church has ever known. Mm-hmm. And again, he's the one who came up with this work like it all depends on you, but pray like it all depends on God. So let's start with prayer. Uh, it is so important to believe that prayer is for us a gift from God to be able to request what we need. Mm -hmm. The Father knows we have needs, so we need to go to him for those needs. Jesus, in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, said, you know, you earthly fathers, when your children ask for fish, you don't give them a snake. Uh, When they ask you for bread, you don't give them a stone. And then Jesus says these three powerful words, how much more. Mm. How much more your heavenly Father wants to meet your every need through Christ prayer. So prayer is essential, but also we need to understand personal responsibility and hard work alongside prayer. God expects us to do our part and use the gifts and talents that he has given us. So the Bible says it in this way, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Why? Because work and diligence have a moral benefit to all of us and society, a virtue to strengthen our character. So everyone, if you're facing a difficult situation right now, if you have a need, pray fervently mm-hmm. with all of your heart, like it all depends on God. Then take responsibility. Work hard as well, like it all depends on you. And somewhere in that balance, you'll find God's truth and the answer to the longings of your heart. Once more, work like it all depends on you, but pray like it all depends on God.
1: This is so good. And it reminds me of a popular Christian song that's on the radio. And it's been out for a couple years right now. And it's this, this guy through his song is kind of, complaining to God about all this hurt around him. And then through this song prayer, he hears God say, well, I did something about it. I created you. Mm. So I think that's a great picture of praying and then feeling empowered to do something and you're partnering with God.
0: Yeah, that's a great image. It has me picturing clasp hands in prayer. And then after the prayer, hands that are open up to be God's hands of help to ourselves and other people in this Mm -hmm. world. And somewhere again, in that delicate balance, you find how God wants you to live.
1: Yeah, that's so good. So helpful. Thank you so much for these insights, David.
0: Well, you're welcome, Jen. And everyone out there, please realize you have a responsibility to pray. You also have a responsibility to do all that you can do. Mm -hmm. And in that, God will work powerfully and significantly in your life. If you would like to receive in your inbox daily every morning at 7 a.m., Please go to momentsofhopechurch.org. You can subscribe to these Davidisms. They'll come and arrive in your inbox. They're free of charge. They're my gift to you. I have only one purpose, dear friends, and that is for you to start off your day with hope. And here is another phrase my daddy gave me all the time that I have lived by. If the sun comes up in the morning, there's always hope. Guess what, dear friends? The sun came up this morning.
1: This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, senior pastor of Moments of Hope Church. Today's message is from our online worship service, and you can be a part of our service each Sunday morning at both 9 and 11 o'clock by going to momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moments of Hope delivered every morning to your inbox. And also check out David's weekly HopeCast. They're both free and available through our website. Again, that web address is momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for those who may feel isolated right now.